Hey y'all, welcome to the Visit Roswell podcast where we talk all things tourism and hospitality related in Roswell, Georgia. We will be interviewing our partners all throughout the community and hopefully inspiring you to plan a trip to visit Roswell at your natural pace. Gentlemen, this is Andy Williams, Executive Director of Visit Roswell, and welcome to another episode of our Visit Roswell podcast, where we talk all things tourism and hospitality throughout the Roswell community. And it's a pleasure to be here with you today, and I'm very excited about who we have on. Uh, our team recently got to, um, to take a visit to this particular new location and meet with the owners and experience their product and had an absolute blast. And no doubt about it, they're going to be an asset here in the Roswell community. And I think typically when we think food and beverage, we all automatically go to our restaurants and our craft breweries, but today we are talking all things mead, M-E-A-D, uh, which is some exciting stuff, and um, we're really looking forward to what the future is going to hold uh, for this. So I have with me Sean Walchek of 5-4 Meadery. They are located in a facility that is back behind the Whiskey Project on Oak Street, kind of underneath, and... Um, what a cool up and coming area that is. And I know that Sean's going to get into that. So Sean, it's a pleasure to have you. It's great to be here. Yeah. No, thanks for having us on. It's uh, it's, 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 uh, it was very nice meeting you and your team. Good deal. Absolutely. And look forward to a healthy partnership moving forward. Um, so Sean, you know, Mead's one of those things where kind of a niche right now, but we know it's taken off just based on everything that I've learned about it, but still for the folks in the Roswell community that really kind of are, are unsure of what it is and, and what the product uh, that comes out of it is. Give us a little background on yourself and how you kind of came to, uh, I guess, dabble in me to get to a point where you are now having opened a meadery in Roswell. Sure. Um, well, a little background on myself. Um, I've, I've been working in IT for the last 25 years, uh, providing a lot of development services for uh, usually B2B industrial kind of clients. And on, on weekends about 10 years ago, I kind of got into uh, home brewing and uh, started brewing my own beer at home and uh, had a lot of fun with that. But um, probably after doing that for a couple of years and exploring different things in that regard, I decided to get into and, and try making my own mead, um, which uh, I was really uh, pleased with the results I got out of that and really loved you know, the end result of that. Um, and after doing that a little bit, it kind of became more my passion than brewing beer did. So uh, it kind of replaced home brewing, I guess. And I became, I started, I just started making mead more than beer. Um, and you know, that, that it was just, a, it was a hobby for, for a long time. And then, um, it was probably about three years ago now, um, after, after reading a little bit about the way that mead has kind of going through a renaissance and a, and a growth in the, uh, United States started wondering about the, you know, possibilities of maybe, shifting gears and um, getting into that business instead of uh, the IT stuff, um, which would be a nice change of pace, you know, um, do something a little more hands-on. Um, so about three years ago is, is, is about when we kind of decided to kind of, you know, go, go ahead and go for it. Um, looking at the way the industry growth has gone and things like that, it seemed like a, a pretty good uh, kind of niche market to get into and something that would be fun at the same time. Right on. Yeah, absolutely. So, for the, the listeners, I guess, that don't really have a handle on what mead is, can you walk us through the makeup of it and how it maybe differs from, um, you know, craft beer or wine sure. or how it's similar? Yeah, yeah. Um, 
I, I, I mean, I would definitely say that mead is its own category of alcoholic beverage. Um, it's the main thing that really defines it is the fact that the primary fermentable ingredient used in it is honey. And um, that's a little bit different. Like for example, in beer, uh, malted barley is, is converted from a starch into a sugar and then fermented and wine grape juice is used. So all alcoholic beverages are, are the result of some form of sugar being fermented. And in the case of mead, it's, it's honey is the primary sugar for that. So it's, um, I, I would definitely put it into its own distinct category. And additionally, it's, it, it, is, it looks to be the oldest form of alcoholic beverage uh, known to man. It's, I was reading not too, not too long ago about some recent discoveries in China that actually peg it at about 9,000 years ago. Wow. So it's, um, it, it most likely predates both beer and wine. And um, just like with beer and wine, there's a lot of different styles of it that are, that are out there and available. Um, and I would say over the last 10 years, um, it's kind of been going through a renaissance here in the United States. People are rediscovering it. Um, the whole new generation is kind of getting turned on to it. Um, and as an example, I think as of, I think it was about 2010, 2011, there was less than 50 meteries in the United States. And at present, I believe there's over 500. So it's, it's gone through, it is definitely a niche market, but it has gone through a pretty exponential growth in the last uh, dozen years or so. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. It's, um, that was one of the most fascinating things I think I, I learned yesterday. Um, well, you know, going back to, I guess, the different varieties of mead, there are a number of different options, which, which also blew my mind away. I think for the people that, you know, are maybe just coming into it, you, you just immediately think, oh, kind of a basic honey, you know, um, libation, but um, you have a number of different ones that are on tap. So can you kind of walk us through how some of those differ from one another in, in regard to both the taste and the makeup of them? Sure, I'll give you the rundown on, on what we currently have on our menu. Um, what we have, our, our flagship product is called Baseline. It's a traditional dry mead. It's made with, with three simple ingredients, honey, water, and yeast. Uh, it it's, uses local Georgia um, wildflower honey, water, and yeast, that's it. There's no other additives to it. Um, I would say that's a good introduction, introductory mead for those um, unfamiliar with it. Um, our, our, one of the other products we have is called Honeymoon Hoppage. It's a completely different mead. Um, it would be categorized as a more experimental style. Um, it's, it's effervescent, it's very heavily dry hopped. Um, and what happens when you do that is we get a lot of the fruit and the aromatics out of the hops, but we don't really get a lot of the bitterness out of it. So it's a good kind of a crossover product, I think for hop heads in the beer, in the craft beer world. Um, we also have uh, Continuo is a, is a traditional effervescent mead. Um, it has a little bit of a subdued honey profile to it. Um, it's very smooth and easily easy drinking. Um, we also do uh, oak aging um, for our Lunga product. Um, and just like in the wine world, when you let something sit on oak for a while, it really takes on a new flavor and, and uh, texture profile. Right. Um, you know, and then we also have, um, you know, in the mead world, when you combine honey with fruit and then ferment it, it's, it's called a melomel. Um, and all the melomels that we have right now are a little bit lower ABV. They're all about 7%. They're all effervescent. Um, and the main flavor profiles you get with those are the fruit and the honey. Um, and they're not really fruit forward. So it's kind of a subtle thing. They're really easy, easy drinking beverages. Um, and right now we have blackberry, peach, and mango melomels. And the, I would say that the blackberry and the peach have been very popular so far. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, definitely. 
Yep, and I picked up a couple of bottles last night and enjoyed them and um, would recommend our listeners definitely do the same. Um, so yeah, going back to, you know, let's talk about the actual process of you guys opening up and, and taking it back even further, you know, finding your location at Oak Street. I, I joke and I, I, well, not really even joke. I, I tell people Oak Street in that little area is one of my favorite hidden pockets of, um, of Roswell. And I think there's a lot of development that's going to come around it. It's really going to, you know, bridge it between uh, the town square area and Canton Street. So I think you're in a prime spot, actually. And I'm certainly looking forward to what's going to happen with that area in the future. But, um, you know, talk, uh, talk to us about how you came to select that location and then what it looked like in the very beginning, all the way to opening them up, uh, you know, a couple of months ago. Sure. Um, and when we first started, you know, feeling this out and, and scouting locations, um, we were really in serious talks with um, uh, the city of Woodstock and Roswell as well. Um, both cities were very helpful. Uh, Roswell wound up just being a better fit for us. I think we, um, we were talking, I, the first time I mentioned it to Steve Stroud, uh, the first thing he said was Oak Street. Um, so we kind of looked at a few, we actually looked at a couple different options in, on the Oak Street area. Um, and it took a little while, I think, to, uh, to get an idea for what we were going to do and how we were going to do it. But um, once we did the, the unit or the location we settled on, I think provides us with a pretty good balance for our retail and manufacturing operations. Um, and it's, um, I mean, we, we really started off with nothing. It was, a, it was a completely empty unit with really no provisions in it at all. So we had to, we had to start pretty much from scratch with the build out. Um, that went that went pretty smoothly. Um, granted, it wasn't you know constructing something from the ground up, but um, it was a pretty smooth process working through the city for permitting and all that. Um, and I think we wound up with a, a pretty good result. Um, you know, we we have a nice little um, communal kind of little vibe going on with us. It's um, it was a really smooth experience overall. It took a little bit longer than than I anticipated, but I think that's par for the course. Sure. Um, you know, it wasn't. Um, you can't go fast enough when you want to get something off the ground, you know? So, mm -hmm. um, it, it, it was overall a very good, pleasant experience. And I, I do like the area a lot. It's got a, it's got a cool, um, feel to it. Um, and, uh, we're really looking forward to the changes. I think also that are coming down the road, um, hopefully in the area as well, it's just going to make it even better. Yeah. Right on. Well, mm -hmm. you know, and, and one of the things is you guys pushed through and, and have opened up in the middle of a global pandemic. And that's, uh, it's one of the questions we've had, uh, had to ask every one of our, uh, you know, interviewees that's come on the podcast. It's you know, how how it's affected your business, how it's affected, uh, you know, shift in um, the business model. But here you are starting from, you know, the ground up during a pandemic. So is that something that you've noticed or that you've, you've I guess, looked at and said, well, this would have been totally different had we been in healthier times or is it all you know at this point, you know? So what's COVID done to you all? Um, it's, it's interesting, I guess, because we got our, our final permitting uh, or licenses for alcohol manufacturing came through at the very end of January. Um, and we had just started our first batches of meat in February. Um, and we were planning on opening up, um, I want to say like early summer. Um, but, you know, as, as time went on and we got into March and then April um, and then the shutdown occurred, I think, um, it, on one hand, it, it, the main impact to us, I would say, is it delayed our timeline for opening, um, which obviously, you know, has some costs associated with it. But um, it wasn't it, it was kind of a good time for us as, on one hand, because we were in the middle of 
product development during the peak of that. So that was some, at least some of that was planned downtime that we had anyway, um, in terms of not being able to be open while we were getting our products uh, aged and, and uh, ready for market. So um, it did delay our opening, but I don't think it hit us as hard as it hit some businesses for sure. Um, you know, it's it, it's not a great time in terms of timing to, to try and get something like this off the ground in general. Um, but on the other hand, it did kind of peak, I, I would say, at the same time that we had really already planned to be down uh, and, and kind of ramp up mode. So um, it, it's definitely a fly in the ointment for sure. And it's not gone yet. Um, so it's still, I'm sure it's still having an overall impact um, on business. Um, but uh, during the peak of it, I think we were in a little bit of a lucky situation, I would say, uh, just because that was time we were planning on being down anyway. So right. um, it gave us a little bit more time to to get some additional products ready for market. And so we kind of took advantage of it in that regard and tried to make the best of it. Sure. Well, and I guess at this point, you know, you'll have several months under your belt, you know, throughout the winter months and, and gear up for spring. That looks like a, you know, a good time ahead too. So um, hoping that's going to continue to push people through the doors, no doubt about it. Yeah, hopefully so. Well, um, you know, what, let's, let's pretend somebody's never stepped foot in the meadery and, and a lot of residents um, and visitors to the community haven't at this point because you all are fairly new. So what can a visitor to five four meadery expect to experience once they walk through the doors? Um, I, I would really describe it as a quaint and friendly uh, atmosphere um, with a real kind of communal vibe. Um, it's when people come in here that um, everyone tends to start having conversations with each other and getting to know each other. Um, it's a real fun place in general, and uh, we love getting to know everybody that comes in here on a personal level. It's, it's really nice. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so to the person hesitant about um, or unfamiliar with Mead, you know, how would you recommend they ease into getting to know both the product and your meadery? Well, I, I would say come on in and check us out. Um, I mean, just like beer and wine, there's there's many different styles of mead. There's probably something for everybody. Um, anyone who's possibly tried it in the past and didn't care for it, it's probably due to the style that you tried. Maybe wasn't in line with your you know your tastes. Mm -hmm. um, you know the. Uh, I would say the first thing it, when you're looking at any meat on the shelf or, or, or on tap anywhere is to, if you've never had it before, is to ask yourself, do you like dry or do you like sweet? Um, that's a big fork in the road. Um, and that's going to usually steer you in the right direction toward winding up with a mead that you're going to, you're going to enjoy. Um, and uh, the meads that we make, the means that we have, the products we have right now tend to be a little bit on the drier side, which um, I feel is a little more, appealing to a wider audience, I would say. Um, not to say we won't do some sweet meads in the future, but um, for right now, that's that's kind of that's kind of where we're at. And I think um, we've had really great feedback from everybody that's come in so far. The best way is to just get out there and try different styles and find out what you like. Right on. Yeah. Well, and so visitors can come in, you know, you can get a flight, you can sample, but you also sell by the bottle as well. Yes. Um, yeah, we are licensed as a farm winery. Um, so that allows us to to sell for consumption on site um, from draft or from bottles and uh, carry out as well. We do flights, half pours, full pours, you know, all that. So um, I think there's definitely something for everybody here. Awesome, right on. Well, Sean, you know, while the meadery is new to Roswell, Roswell is not new to you all, you are very familiar. So uh, 
how would you tell a visitor to experience Roswell if you had a day or uh, you know had, had a friend in town uh, from out of town and, and had some recommendations? What would you tell them? Um, I would say the parks first and foremost, or that's one of my favorite things. Um, Roswell has a really great park system. Um, I like I like being able to scoot out of here and uh, you know go for a little hike around the mill. Mm -hmm. um, and then on the weekends when I have time, I, you know, we're right here by the Chattahoochee. I can drop a kayak in and paddle, paddle around for the afternoon. Um, and when you're done doing that, there's plenty of restaurants, a couple breweries and our meadery here to help you kind of unwind. So I think that would be a, a great way to spend the day in Roswell for me. Absolutely. That's a heck of a mix of things to do. No doubt about it. Yeah. Um, and then give us five words that you would describe. You used to describe Roswell. Um, I would definitely say Roswell is very eclectic. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's very historic as well. There's a lot of history here. Um, it's very, very communal. It has a, it's very friendly. And I think overall, it's just, it's just a, fun, a fun place. Love it. Love it. Yep, those are good marketing terms that we use. And um, <laughs> no doubt about it, that's woven into the fabric of the community. Um, so that's Great. incredible. Uh, well, Sean, is there anything else you would like for our listeners to know, um, you know, anything that we missed that you would like to communicate on and, and get people excited about or you feel like we covered everything? Um, yeah, we covered pretty much everything. I think um, probably starting, uh, we're kind of waiting for the COVID stuff to kind of chill out a little bit, um, but probably starting in March or, or early spring, uh, we're probably going to start doing some barrel releases on some special uh, products that we're going to start rolling out. So that's some new stuff we have um, coming down. Um, shortly so we'll have some new varieties of stuff available um probably in the next couple months or so i think um and uh other than that i mean just come down and check us out for sure we'd appreciate it and love to get to know everybody absolutely so let our listeners know where you guys are located and how to get more information on you sure um as you said earlier we're we're located in the downstairs unit kind of behind the whiskey project off of oak street um uh and if uh, a good a good place to get more information in general would be to just go to our website, which is 54meadery.com. Uh, from there, uh, there's lots of information about our current meat offerings. There's a mailing list people can join. Uh, people can hop on over to our Instagram and Facebook pages from there as well. So it's a good jump off point for, for all that. Awesome. Good deal. Well, Sean, welcome to the community. We certainly look to uh, promoting you from Visit Roswell. Look forward to a healthy partnership with you guys moving forward into the future. As always, to our listeners, uh, for more information on the destination, check out www.visitroswellga.com. And we will look forward to having you all on next time. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you soon.